Welcome to Feminized. It's time for a show that turns the spotlight on the powerful women shaping cannabis culture. The cannabis industry is on fire and women are sparking it up. If you like the show, please subscribe. You can also subscribe to the Feminized podcast with Liz Grow on YouTube and Instagram. The future is feminized. Welcome to the 10th episode of the Feminized Podcast. I'm so honored that you're here with me today. Today, I get to talk to someone who is truly special. Stephanie Shepard is an LPP constituent and now works as a development associate at the Last Prison Project. But before that, she did 10 years in prison for conspiracy to distribute. So it's incredibly meaningful for me. As my 10th episode, I'm able to elevate the voice of a beautiful, vibrant human being who had 10 years stolen from her in the prime of her life. I hope you all enjoy this episode as much as I enjoyed having this conversation. If you're moved to do so, please make a donation to The Last Prisoner Project. They're doing so many incredible things for our brothers and sisters who are incarcerated for cannabis convictions, unfairly and unjustly. Nobody, nobody should be in jail for a plant. The Feminized Podcast is honored to have Miss Stephanie Shepard. Hey, sis. You're now listening to The Feminized Podcast. Stephanie, thank you for coming to Feminize to tell your story and just get to know you. So I'd love to I'd love to hear more about, you know, really how you got to be where you are with Last Prisoner Project. Okay, no problem. Um, Thank you for having me. Um, And I try to go easy on people who who tend to forget um, about the plant and go on and enjoy their dab. And it's it's easy to do. And before I was um, involved with a conspiracy charge in 2010 and received a 10-year sentence, first time nonviolent mandatory minimum, I didn't think about it. I thought, are they kidding? They're saying they're, I'm going to prison for 10 years. Like I didn't believe it. Mm. And till I was involved and then I believed it. <laughs> um, so I did receive a 10 year sentence for conspiracy to distribute a thousand or more kilos of marijuana mm. um, in New York, where it is now becoming quickly legal. And um, I'm, I'm, happy about that and it, it at the same time it's it's going to be strange when it does fully become legal and that's the same place that I essentially lost 10 years of my life um why wow. wow. I, I did that time I did nine of those years and I got out and I went to a fundraiser for the last prisoner project. And I listened to someone that I was incarcerated with speak and tell her story. And that was Evelyn LaChapelle. And she did such a wonderful job. And just seeing how, just her telling her story. If no one in that room ever knew anybody who had been impacted negatively by the, the war on cannabis, by the time they left, they knew somebody and they were invested in this person and people like her. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I began to utilize the platform and tell my story and my experiences. And it actually worked out. I did it for a year and a half and I would have continued to do it until the day that they asked me to join Last Prisoner Project. Mm-hmm. as a, a full-time person. And, and that was the perfect thing because I wasn't sure what I was going to do. When I was released from prison, I didn't know what my life was going to be at that point. Mm-hmm. I got out at uh, 50 years old. Um, I've been out three years now, but wow. it's still fresh. It's still new to me. Mm-hmm. So when I did get out, I thought, what am I going to do when I was um, on pretrial for one year? And during that year, I lost my real estate license, so I couldn't sell real estate anymore. I was selling real estate in New York City. Mm. Um, 
I lost that. So coming out, I was like, okay, I know I have real estate to fall back on, but even in California where it's adult use and medicinally uh, legal, that I didn't know if I was going to get back into real estate, if I was even going to be allowed to, it's on a case by case basis. Oh, wow. Here I am. Wow. They're making a billion dollars a year in tax revenues. And they're telling you that you can't sell real estate. Right. Wow. Um, But after hearing Evelyn tell her story and telling it and opening up to people about my experiences. Um, I saw real estate wasn't for me anymore. Anyway, I had a new mission. Um, my new mission was to not have these thousands, tens of thousands of people incarcerated for the plant sitting behind those walls while this industry has grown ha- like it has yes. and feel the way I felt mm-hmm. because the day I sat, and found out that the industry outside was booming. I sat in that room with Evelyn LaChapelle and we both, she's away from her daughter. I'm away from my family. And we're both in there behind simple cannabis charges. Mm -hmm. And when that happened, I, I said, there's nobody outside fighting for us. Mm-hmm. So she did her sentence. I did my sentence, got out and mm-hmm. saw that there's this great group of people who actually care. And whereas I'm like, gosh, I wish I had had that. I'm glad now that I'm a part of that for people who are now incarcerated and away from their family, away from their children. Um, and it's hard for me sometimes seeing how the industry has grown, but knowing how they feel behind those walls for the same plant. I mean, we have people doing life. We have people doing life. We have a campaign right now with Kevin Allen. Kevin Allen is doing life. And we only have one life. So, and you're, and you, that's it. You find it, it fitting that this man who, who, was set up and sold $20 worth of marijuana to his childhood friend turned informant is now is now his life is done because of what because it's just you don't even want to unpack the what and that's it, the thing. And unfortunately, I have. <laughs> yeah, you have. Yeah, you have. Yeah, you have. You were you were a victim of that what. And it's, it's almost, it's so painful to unpack. And I just, I thank you for sharing that because that's, I get emotional when I think about moms away from their kids. And I know that, that that's happened. And I, and I read about your story before this and, and it really, really touched me. Um, uh, cause I was away from my child, but it was, it was a different circumstance, you know, but it's, so painful, but that's how I came to find cannabis because I was, I needed that. I needed that medicine and I found Steve D'Angelo and that's how I found the last prisoner project. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, wait a minute. Like, I don't even know about any of this, but what are we talking about here? Like, this is cruel. This is, this is making money off of people. That's what that feels like to me, because you and Evelyn in prison, you're not, you're not out there working and paying taxes and paying retail. You know, you're not, you're not doing any of that. You're just locked up. Your life is just a number to the state. And that is not okay. That is not who we are. You know, we're And not only, not only a number to the state, but a number to the federal government. Mm -hmm. Both our charges were federal. So at that point in time, you're right. Evelyn is an educated woman. She, she had no reason to do those years away from her daughter. I had always worked in professional capacities. I had no reason to be considered somebody that would go to prison for 10 years behind a plant that is now in a, a booming industry in this country. So it's, it's hard to take. 
sometimes. But the bright side of that for me is doing the work that I do as a development associate with the Last Prisoner Project and sharing yes. my story and letting people understand that there's a privilege to walking into that dispensary. There's a privilege for, for just being a part of that industry that so many people don't have. And it's hard, you know, you cried about children being away from their mothers. Well, for me, because of the timing of when I went to prison, if I had even considered having a child, the day I was found sentenced to 10 years, that solidified whether or not I was having a child or not. Jesus. Wow. If I was even considering it at that point in my life, I was, you know, 40, 40 years old. Yeah. yeah. And the day that the judge sentenced me that was the main thing that I looked at you know for some people that was just 10 years but for me this is kind of a life sentence as well because I have to wonder what if I hadn't decided to have a child at that you know that midnight hour in my in my life right right it was a li- it is a life stolen it is a life stolen and here you are thank god you are back on the outside contributing to society helping society thank god but we have to grieve that life stolen you know and you know michael thompson and steve will be speaking um next week at this party i'm so excited you're gonna be there I cannot wait to meet you in person. I cannot wait to hug you. It's such an honor. <laughs> We're dropping this episode the day after the party. It's our 10th episode in honor of the 10 years that you were given. That's that's amazing. That is really, really so amazing, Liz. And it's because of people like you who actually are taking the time to recognize all your privileges. Yeah. All of that. And and saying, you know what? I want I want to give back to these people. And it's been great. I I have a several pen pals. We have different programs uh, with LPP, and one of them's a letter writing program. And I'm extremely proud of that because I know what it's like to be incarcerated. I've seen people never get mail. Oh. and it's it's hard yeah and, and they don't they lock it down before like before thanksgiving so you have to get your mail in for the holidays early or it won't get in until the like new year or something place different places do yeah. different things but a lot of people have been locked down because of covid oh yeah and yeah. that's a 24 hour lockdown Jesus. so whereas you you would normally get to i i have several different um people that I I communicate with and it's hard uh no video visits mm. so you can't even video visit with your family because Oof. you're on lockdown no in-person visits um it's the letters are the only communication that these people incarcerated have yeah. so it was important for me for us to let people know when they're going into a dispensary and you see a, a little letter writing station and people jot down things. And I've heard from people, Hey, I've got some really great pen pals out of that. Yes. Yes. Oh, I love hearing that. People incarcerated for cannabis are awesome. Yes. We so- have- we had an event. <laughs> I have to tell you, I'm so excited about this uh, event that we had last last year, last December, an LPP had a letter writing station, a hemp paper company sponsored the last prisoner project letter writing station at this event. So not only were, were uh, cannabis prisoners, LPP constituents getting letters, but they were getting on, on hemp. So they were getting the plant in 
you know, incarcerated. Yeah. You're always, the plant's always going to find a way, you know, you can try. It's, it's just, you know, we, we really do. We grieve for the loss of life um, in so many ways. Um, and the plant just keeps giving and giving and giving. And here you are. And to look at you, Stephanie, you know, you are a beautiful, vibrant woman who does not carry that 10 years. You know, you don't. But I can feel that energy of we need to make this right, you know. And while we're doing it, we need to never forget our brothers and sisters who are inside, you know. The, the first person, Steve D'Angelo, was actually one of the first people who told me like, stop feeling like you did something wrong. The, the laws were wrong. Yes. You were wrong. Don't it because no shame. The person I, the person I am now is completely different than the first webinar podcast I did with Steve D'Angelo, where I, I was just carrying this guilt and shame. Mm-hmm of this felony Mm. and what I did to my family and, Mm. and just what I I did to my life. Mm. And Steve told me, stop it. Don't feel that way. You bought light to the dark. You were unafraid when a lot of people were doing it, but you got singled out for whatever reason. And that's when I actually started to believe it. Yes. I feel that. I felt that from him. I felt that from him. And as I, I immerse myself in this industry and I meet people like you with just such good, positive, real energy for those people left behind. I don't want any, I don't want anything else. I mean, at some point I know I will have to get a new job because (laughs) You know, someone's going to wake up and someone's going to sign that paper and these people are going to come home to their families. Yes. But until then, I'm, I'm content and I will continue to share my journey and continue to tell people of the responsibilities that we all have yes. in this industry right now. Yes. If you enjoy THC, if you enjoy it, if you enjoy the plant, this, you have a responsibility to the people who've built this industry who are still incarcerated, to the people who have taken part in this industry, even less so than you have, you yourself, I'm talking to you, Big Cannabis, um, you've got to do more, we have to do more. It's an easy fix and it's not, but it is. It's complicated, but it's not. We all need to at least be on the same page. And you know, Steve does an amazing job of just every day reminding us like, this is where we need to be. This is where our heads need to be. This is where our leadership is. Do we need to be supporting them any longer? You know, that's really where we are in Texas. Uh, Yeah, it's, um, I will actually be, like you said, down there and celebrating the the documentary of Michael Thompson and I'm just so so uh proud of the way the industry and the community as a whole rallied around Michael and his cause and gave him such a beautiful re-entry yes and such a beautiful space that he deserves after doing 25 years in prison for a plant that is for now three pounds, three pounds of plant for what like. is now such a large and celebrated industry. But there's, there's something that I, I never failed to, to point out is me, Michael, Evelyn, Corvain, Dante, we have something in common with a lot of people that are incarcerated for cannabis and it's our skin color. Mm. Yes. And that that can't be, that that can't be be overlooked. overlooked. It's important. It's so important. Um, It's wrong. It's very, very wrong. And, you know, you mentioned earlier about the, you know, use of privilege. And I just want to thank you for being so gracious. I'm, I am an emotional person, but typically not this emotional, but I feel like you're gracious and open heart and I can just be myself. 
you know, we can't help. We, none of us has to be brought here, born, you know, here we are. And it feels so wonderful being able to be a vessel and a platform and a shield and a an ally, an ally. Absolutely. I mean, that's like always been my job. Like, as I think about like growing up in life, I was, um, I'm a military kid. I'm an army brat. My dad's in the military. And so I was lucky enough to be born in, into very diverse, you know, set of circumstances, but I recognize what I am and I recognize what I have. And I like to flex that shit for my friends so hard, like obnoxiously hard. So that's what I do. That's my job. That's what I feel like it is. And that's this party for me. It's party for myself and my husband, Patrick. Um, you know, we're girls media. Um, we are, we want to give you guys the best fucking party. And we want to thank you for being a lighthouse, for reminding people, you know, here you are shining, you know, but there are still people that are, don't have the chance to shine, you know, and it's fucking, it's a waste. It's a waste of life. And if we really care, then we need to really, really care. And all of the donations, all of the proceeds, everything from the party is going to support that. It's going to support this endeavor. You know, and it's important for people to know that. And it's important for people to know where their money goes. I, I love being a part of LPP because of their transparency mm-hmm. and their, their, their desire to be 100% transparent and let people see this is what we do and this is who we do it for. Yes. Um, I myself, when I first... Uh, got out, I received a grant from LPP. And that grant, that cash grant is a difference between feeling like you're still a burden. Here it is, your family or your loved ones have taken care of you for X amount of years that you've been incarcerated. Now you get out and they're still taking care of you. Mm. They still have to drive you places. They still have to give you money for bus fare or whatever your situation is. I was, I was very fortunate to have a good support system, but so many people don't. So I can't imagine what it would be like getting out, not getting any assistance and not having a support system. So we make our re-entry program something that, what do you need? And if it's first and last month's rent, if it's money for a used car, that grant can can be the difference between you violating and going back to prison mm. or you succeeding and moving on. But the, the probation period, I'm also on uh, five years probation, but hopefully by the time I see you, that will be done. Wow. <laughs> through, through work with a, a wonderful um, group of attorneys that are are also on this cause and did that footwork for me that a costs money and b some people just don't have the wherewithal to to even get to that point to do something for themselves i had five years probation i did three listen if i get off two years early that is two years closer to what i consider real freedom Yes. And because real, even real freedom is not, is not just, uh, surviving. Ge- it's thriving. Geographics. Yes. Yes. You're trying to, it, it, it you, when you start to really pick it apart, it, it feels very, mm, feels like we're making money off of human beings. Period. Oh, we are. Period. We are. And then we have this whole, uh, piss testing, uh, industry to support. And it's it just, we're supporting a lot of industry and we're supporting a lot of fat for, for human like pain. Like if you had real freedom, you would be thriving and God knows what else you would be involved in. You are a real estate agent. God's not making any more real estate. Okay. We need more of you, not less. And especially what you know from working in the New York markets, 
Like, why are we keeping you from doing what you do best in helping other people thrive? You know, and that's really what's keeping us down. And that's what people should get really angry about. You know, when you want to, you know, unpack it, we're stopping business. We're stopping enterprise by keeping these people out of society because you, um, you know, you, you made a decision to, to go against a man's law, a, a racist law that really doesn't make any sense because this plant never killed anyone. No, no. And, and it's um, becoming more and more clear as I, I learn more about today's industry and the people in it, um, who's, who's in it for the plant and who's in it for the culture and who's in it for the money and, you just see the different lanes and that's fine. I just stick to our lane of what we do, respecting the plant and respecting the people who carried it before it was okay. And now still owing them something Yes, for, for paving that way. Because while you were busy getting your, your paperwork in order and your, your licensing in order and everything, someone was still growing. Someone was still delivery and still keeping that going you didn't just start the day they legalized it so with that in mind I think it's important to see who the scapegoats were and -hmm. welcome them back into this industry when that day comes that they can walk out of those those doors those gates yes and welcome back into this industry yes Yes, with a, you know, unrolls a red carpet for these people who, who, who built it, who made it, you know, they taught us the way and then they went away, you know, or they, you know, got jammed up. So they had to, so they had to go away in one way or another, whether it's incarceration or it's, I have to stop growing because I have too much heat on me. You know, this is stopping progress this is stopping somebody's livelihood, you know, um, and we have to recognize that there is enough to go around and that greedy mentality just will not stand, you know, it cannot stand. And we have to just be, you know, smiles on our faces, look at big cannabis and open up our arms and show them our hearts and remind them who built this damn thing and remind them that, that their business will only get bigger if they serve the people who taught them the way, you know, it's just like, I'm, I'm excited. I'm really excited about what's and coming when, together. And when you say it, it carries more weight than when I say it. Mm. And that's why it's important to, to have allies that in, in different rooms, talk that talk that's right not just in front of a certain group of people that's the talk that gets talked at you know thanksgiving dinner and that's the time because even if you have parents who who they don't consume or grandparents they don't consume but there's so many more reasons for people to be invested in the decriminalization of of cannabis and scheduling and letting these people get home to their family. Yes. 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 So many, you know, and, and especially, you know, when you look at it from my perspective on a micro level, micro being Texas, which is nothing micro about this damn state, you know, you can, you can appeal to an audience like myself, like who understands it on a deep level and who will vote in that direction and who will invest their dollars in that direction. And then those people need to appeal to their people, as you said, at Thanksgiving dinner. And there are so many ways to appeal to those people. Like we spent $311 million in Texas in 2019, enforcing low level marijuana possession, $311 million. Excuse me. My taxes are too high. Well, we can that's talk the about point. this. That's yeah. the point. It's the taxes. Yeah. If if grandma or grandpa they don't smoke, okay, fine. That's okay. But but what about your tax dollars? Mm-hmm. Do you care about that? Do people really, when they meet me, believe that 
you've spent a lot of money, 40,000 upwards per prisoner to incarcerate someone like me. And, and to, to just hold me back and, and hobby craft my life away and watch TV. And, and the thing about it is, and I was just talking to my sister about this, the prisons are, are designed to, to provide jobs. There are some places I've been in prisons where literally the majority of the town works at this prison. Mm -hmm. So is it in their best interest to not jam people up on $20 charges, $20 sale charges? Yeah. And now you've just you've just secured X amount of dollars for this town for the rest of this man's life, you think. Yes. That's insane to me that that there if if some of these prisons didn't exist, what's everybody else in the town going to be doing? There's places where the uncle, the the brother, the sister, the sister-in-law, everybody in the family works at the prison. Yes. Or they sell something to the prison. Or they sell something to the prison. Or this is the the hub of of supporting a lot of these small towns where they place prisons. It is. Yes. Yes. It's a prison industrial complex. And I I believe that there is a... Unicorn is another thing. I mean, there's so many layers to unpack about this, but my point mm. being this country needs to, to turn this around and not, that shouldn't be something people aspire to retire from. No, no. And not off of Canada's prisoners. No. I understand there there's the prisons exist for a reason, but cannabis prisoners should not be that reason. No. And I want these people back there to know it. And I want them to know we're out here fighting and that when they come back, they will be welcomed with that wealth of knowledge that they had before. Bring it into today's industry and give these people a chance at at this, a piece of this pie that everyone else is, is partaking in. Absolutely. Absolutely. I heard the most profound thing in New York when we were there last month um, that one of the um, legacy cultivators was working towards legal, you know, becoming legal, becoming licensed. And he said, you know, all we are asking for is for those people who were hurt first to be heard first. That's what we are asking for. You can quantify what you have taken from me. You can you know, let's just call it what it is. We need to be at the front of the line. We need to be made whole as whole as we can be, you know, because we can, because this plant provides so much. You don't have to smoke it to, you know, get something from it. This plant is for all of us in so many ways. I mean, we're in Texas, we're in Hempville, you know, we're in hemp land of the world. You know, I did, I, I'm, I know about heaven, Texas. I won't bore you with it, but my show is coming out this year. So get ready for big Texas okay. hemp, baby. Get ready. Yes. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, hemp is important, but there's just so many facets to the industry. Yes. And like you said, making people whole, you want people to come home. And it's funny, the people who are the most traumatized, who would get the most benefit from this plant are prevented from using that. But when you're in prison, they will gladly give you pills. They will gladly give you things that are not good for you. Mm -hmm. They will gladly do that. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah. Two benefits. Two benefits. How much does big pharma make off of the prison industrial complex? It's a, it's a big hairy beast. And, um, you know, we, you know, we can't pretend like it doesn't exist, you know, in, in, in no. some more States than others, but certainly federally on the federal level. Um, but Texas and Louisiana are notorious. I mean, so I, I'm very happy that our policy team is working 
feverishly yes. to, to just change that side of things. So it doesn't have to get to a, an expungement or a need for a re-entry or a need for a release where it just doesn't happen, where yes. people are not just being innocently uh, sentenced to high, high numbers. Right. And, and not getting the same benefit as anybody else who does something unlicensed. Anybody else who does something unlicensed gets a fine. They don't lose their life to prison. Thank you. Thank so you. So I, I, our, our policy team is, is amazing. I'm actually going to be able to meet with some lobbyists um, next week with our policy team. Um, here in Sacramento, and I'm very excited about that uh, because that's where that's where it happened on that level, and then that's where it has to happen. But in the meantime, it's important that we all support the efforts. Um, part of my efforts are working with dispensaries and working with brands and saying, "Hey, you're doing okay." hey, you have a platform that you can utilize to spread our message, to educate people, um, to give your, your patients an opportunity to appreciate their privilege and say thank you by donating a dollar or 420 at, at the end of their purchase. Yes. So rolling it up, rolling it up for justice. Um, <laughs> I love that. I love that program. A, a great way. And, and people love it. I do pop-ups. I go to... Uh, different events and just the surprise on people's faces when you say that people are still incarcerated, that I've been incarcerated, that there are currently tens of thousands of people incarcerated for the same plant that you just went and purchased. And, and so helping them through um, the reentry services that we give it's really, really um, rewarding for consumers and patients that go into dispensaries. And it's also a win for these people coming back and being able to take their family member who's been taking care of them for so long to lunch. Yes. No, no, I can pay because you've gotten a cash grant and kind of started your life over, if you will. So it just means the world to me. That is so beautiful. Well, if that's not reason enough, I think to support the organization, then it's just, I, you know, I don't know what it is. So, all right, Stephanie, I asked my guests the same three questions. Okay. So I'm going to ask you, all right, if you don't mind. Um, all right. So question number one, okay. Like in your fantasy world, who is in your dream smoke circle? Three people dead or alive. My father, um, he was born in 1919, uh, didn't ever get on the cannabis train. Um, all he knew is that he died with his daughter in jail for cannabis. But I know if he were here now, he would have a different take on it. Very wise man would love to smoke with him. Um, obviously Bob Marley. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> He's in mine too. <laughs> and you know what? For for what it's worth, this circle is happening now. President Biden. Wow. Wow. What a beautiful circle. Figure it out. Heal. Help. I I think <sighs> it just would take that experience for 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 president biden say you know what yeah you're right you're right it's time so yeah sit down and have that have that happen oh god that's incredible okay <laughs> good one good one all right so the second question is what other woman is really inspiring you right now in the cannabis game so a woman in the cannabis game whether it's advocacy brands whatever there's actually so many, <laughs> yes. there really are, which I'm super proud to say. I, I went 
to Hall of Flowers and I was so blown away by the amount of women-owned brands, the women-owned farms. Um, so there's so many different people, but um, I'm gonna go with what's closest to me and it has impacted me the most. And I'm gonna say, uh, Mary Bailey. Mm, this woman has yes. no reason um, one of the founders of Lost Prisoner Project, this woman has no reason to have to do what she does. This is a choice that she's dedicated her life to. Yeah. And I, I've, I haven't seen anybody as passionate about, about this when they don't have to be. Right. That's, that's the thing for me. Right. Just being angry at how it came about and, and starting this organization from that. Um, but there's other women, Josephine and Billy's, uh, the two ladies that, that, Winnie uh, opened up, <laughs> I went, uh, and experienced that for the first time. Oh my God. Uh, last time I was in Los Angeles and I am extremely proud of what they're doing. Beautiful. And, and it, just so many, so MD many. farms, Maria Mar Marquette, uh, there's, Roz McCarthy I could just go on and on and on I love it I love it that's the best answer is that there are just too (laughs) many to mention but let me just tell you what's on my heart right now um I love that honestly like that's the like point of this whole podcast this whole endeavor is just just a platform for those voices period keep the inspiration flowing you know and keep bringing women closer to the plant and and contributing to you know, the culture to social justice, um, to, to all of it, just contribute, give back. Um, okay. So the third, third and final question is, uh, what advice would you have for your 13 year old self? It would have to be She's calling <laughs> continue to be you. I have always um, been unapologetically me. And sometimes it works out in my favor. Sometimes (laughs) it did not. But at the end of the day, it always um, serves me better because I think about things I could have done differently. And there's a lot of things I could have done differently and got a different outcome, but I wouldn't have felt the same. Everything happened the way it was meant to happen. Yes. So just continue to, to be me. I smile while I cry. That's okay. (laughs) Uh, It's beautiful. It's beautiful. Yeah, it's okay. All the feelings and emotions and, you know, our tears are chemical makeup of so many things and, you got to just let it flow and flow with it. Cause I feel like that's when you're really living, you know, is when you're allowing the feelings to play out. Yeah. There was definitely things that could have uh, changed my outcome that went against everything I was ever made to be. Mm-hmm. So that wasn't an option. No. Um, no. But- so <laughs> no, no, no. Oh, yeah. there is only one Stephanie Shepard. Okay. And I was proud of, of, of what I did because several men got up there and said, it was her. She did it. She did it all. Yes. Oh, wow. Big man, big man, big man. Strong big man. man. Yes. Mm. Very. And I, I just, I look at all the women who are incarcerated behind these big, strong men. Mm. And it actually disgusts me. And I am proud to have been the only female on that board of men and most of who uh, cooperated, if you will. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. listen, I'll take it. And I'm out now and I can walk the streets with my head held high and yes, continue to support this industry. So, yeah. Yes, you can. Oh. When it did anything different, 13-year-old self. Oh, God, you're so amazing. I'm so excited <laughs> to meet you in Texas. 
I'm so excited to, to just, just hug you. And, um, <laughs> I'm definitely going to mic you up there and just for, you know, color. Cause this is going to be a really great, really great piece. Stephanie. I'm looking I'm forward. I'm looking forward to it. So grateful to you for just living your truth and sharing it with me. It means everything. It really does. Um, <laughs> so quickly, how can, or not quickly, slowly, how can people find you? Um, um, I obviously our website, lastprisonerproject.org. Um, through that, you can see our programs, you can see our mission, you can see our team, uh, the things we're working on. That's important. Um, I have Instagram. I'm Steffi Shep, Steffi underscore Sheps, uh, S-T-E-P-H-Y underscore Sheps, S-H-E-P-S. Um yeah, I, I, I'm just, uh, LinkedIn anywhere. And okay. I, if somebody wants to get involved with our programs, anybody can reach out to me, um, and I can guide them through that. But yeah, the more the merrier. Incredible. We, we, we distributed over $600,000 last year in direct family aid and grants to people. Uh, making sure they have money to use the phones, making sure they have money for commissary. People say prison's free. Prison is not free. Mm -hmm. There's actually a 30% markup in prison on everything. So you're making 12 cents an hour, but you're paying 30% more for, you know, soap. Mm -hmm. So uh, we make sure those people are taken care of. It's whatever they need. And that's the beauty of LPP is they want to know what, is needed and let us provide that or at least a a helping hand towards whatever you need so it's been great oh incredible i'm so god i'm just so grateful to to hear all of the amazing things that lpp does in like one sitting right and then be able to really like serve it up in a way i think that people understand like oh i get it this is an ongoing thing like every time you go to the dispensary you should absolutely be donating to lpp like it should just be a thing give yourself like 10%, whatever you spend at the dispensary, donate 10% to LPP. I mean, it's easy. You text. Um, I'm going to totally fuck it up if I tried to do like text, blah, 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 but <laughs> we'll edit that in. <laughs> well, we have, we have any pretty much all the dispensaries. If you don't see us ask, Hey, do you support any, and it doesn't have to be LPP. There's other organizations out there. People, people resonate with what they feel comfortable with. Mm. So uh, ask yeah. because it doesn't have to be to LPP, but it certainly has to um, be somewhere and to somebody and yes. somebody who's doing something great. Yes. So uh, definitely that. I always um, thank the bed tenders and, and they're another part of this because they're happy to talk to people about the program. Uh, it's, it's just been a really, really um, trying but rewarding reentry for me. And I want it to be like that for everyone coming home. Yes, absolutely. Well, you are, you really are affecting so many lives um, in, in such positive ways, you know, um, who knows what your path would have been, but you know, this is your path and it's beautiful and bright and, I'm glad that it, it brought, you know, brought us together because I am truly inspired by you, Stephanie, and the work that you're doing with LPP. And um, let's just come. Can you come on this podcast more? Let's just keep talking all, all the time. Okay. I mean, Thank you. really, the beautiful part about it um, is. I, I, I give what I get. And if I get certain energy, I give certain energy. And sometimes it falls very flat. I, I did a, a national, a, a national 
show and it was so flat because the guy asking the questions was super flat yeah that's and... it he should not be that way <laughs> i know not I mean, this is your job dude like this is actually your job to be interesting no i'm just kidding no i i'm i mean i i love hearing that i'm glad to hear that you know i can only be who i am and and you know this is how i have conversations i'm I am genuinely um, appreciative and grateful and fascinated and captivated by, you know, what you have been through and the just energy that you're giving life now. It's a beautiful thing. And I want to be around that. Okay. Maybe I'm just smart. <laughs> I want to you're, be you, you have a heart and that's what I wish, you know, everybody would just show more empathy um, because just like I say, it was me. I was just, you know, a, a, a lady selling New York real estate and doing New York real estate things and maybe allegedly supposedly selling some weed on the side. I don't know. But yeah. that didn't change the person that I was. No. And any change that happened while I was incarcerated, I came out a better version of that. Yes. But it took me these three years and still working on it. Yes. So working on the trauma, still working on my own mental health, mm-hmm. but moving towards, towards, uh, just realizing that, that listen, I carry this weight, but it could have happened to anyone. And I need other people to understand that. Absolutely. It's just, they chose, they choose who it happens to pretty much, but it can happen to anyone. That's right. So just don't ever forget that and and be glad it wasn't you. (laughs) Yeah. Be glad it wasn't you and sleep with one eye open until the shit's descheduled and until we get what we want from our politicians, because that's the follow-up thing, I think. And, and, you know, thank you for reminding us. It could be any one of us and absolutely. And it's like, we get a chill and then it's like, I want to get comfortable again, but you can't get comfortable as long as these people are in office who are allowing it to happen, who are allowing it to happen. And in a lot of cases wrote the laws that enabled, you know, this just horrible monster that we have. And um, yeah, so, so Stephanie, thank you for being a beautiful physical embodiment of that, a vibrant soul. Okay. Make no mistake. Not everybody makes it out like you do, you know, and and I don't have to tell you that, you know, they don't all do that. And, and you, you are serving, you know, higher purpose. You really are. And I'm grateful to you for, you know, coming on this podcast and um, I can't wait to meet you next weekend. Me as well. Thank you so much, Liz. If you'd like more, subscribe to the Feminize podcast on YouTube. Follow at Feminize with Liz Grow on Instagram. Special thanks to our sponsors, Moose Labs and Richard's Rainwater. The Feminized Podcast is a Grow House Media production created by Liz Grow, produced by Patrick Pope, Dance Red, with original theme music and audio mixing by Q at Q to King Productions in New Braunfels, Texas. <laughs>